thank you, Heavenly Father, for bringing your word to bear in my life in a transformative way these last few weeks as we have studied your Holy Spirit. God, it's been a wrecking ball in a way to my soul. It has been in a good way. It has been illuminating. It has been encouraging. It has been deeply, deeply challenging. And I just pray, God, that you would continue to unveil who you are through your word in Jesus' name. Amen. So I'm going to get real today, and I think it's going to be a frustrating day to the person that is running the slides, uh, because I'm going to, I, I, I really feel this one deep. Like, there's some messages where you, you want to teach, and there's other messages where you're, 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 you're teaching, but you, you really just have a lot on your own heart. And honestly, this series has dealt with me on a, on a spiritual level, maybe more than any other series has, uh, because I, I've realized that I'm walking through this stuff with you, sometimes learning things um, that I knew before, but I'd, I've sort of like put them on the shelf, taking them down now and studying them, and I'm realizing, this is great for me. This is so good. I mean, I've been operating on kind of a constrained um, image of God, you know, one of my own making sometimes. And uh, what we want to do in the Bible is open up the full counsel of God's word. We want to embrace him, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And this, this, um, this series, which is a series where we're talking about the Holy Spirit in its fullness, in his fullness and in his glory, we're, I mean, it, it's, it's something that you can't, you can't escape the fact that God wants to do something through his Holy Spirit in, in your life. Like, this, this should be something that, it, it's not just information that you're receiving, but as God moves inside of you, that it's transforming as well. And so that's my prayer today, is that you would walk through that with me as we talk about the spiritual gifts. So the Holy Spirit gives gifts to followers of Jesus Christ. Um, the spiritual gifts are mentioned for the first time in Romans chapter 1. Now let's read it together in verse 11. For I long to see you, Paul says, that I may impart to you some spiritual gift, some spiritual gift, first time, to strengthen you. That is that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. So first of all, you understand that there's a corporate value to the spiritual gifts. It's something that encourages you and me. It benefits the body of Christ. Now, for some of you, depending on your background in the church, you might associate when you hear spiritual gifts with something weird. I assure you, spiritual gifts are not something weird. 1 Corinthians 14, 1, in fact, Paul says, pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. You should desire the gifts of the Spirit. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit will equip you. He will give you gifts that you are then to use to minister to believers both in the church, but then also to make a difference throughout the world. There's components of the spiritual gift that we'll talk about that are intended to edify and grow the body of Christ. And then there are those gifts which are intended to evangelize and be outward focused as we bless the world through our gifting. A spiritual gift is given by God for the building up of others, and you should be aware of what they are. So today I hope to unpack that for you, but we need to begin, I think, with a working definition, and I think a good one is from Scripture is this, that it's a supernatural ability given to all Christians to do God's work on earth. It's an ability given by God 
to you that he would first use it in the church and then overflowing into the world. These are spiritual gifts. To build this foundational understanding, I want to begin to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. Uninformed. If you remember, we talked in Acts chapter 19, where Paul meets a group of believers in Ephesus, and he says, hey, um, let's talk about the Holy Spirit. And they said, you know, Paul, we don't even know what that is. And they were believers, but they didn't understand the Holy Spirit. And he was like, hey, you guys are operating with a misunderstanding. You know, you're operating only on two-thirds of the Trinity. And so he told them about the Holy Spirit. In fact, he laid hands on them, and they began to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. And so, so he says here in, in, in 1 Corinthians that, I don't want you to be uninformed. I don't want you to be ignorant. You know, and, and this is interesting because there was a study done where it said 87% of those who say, I'm a Christian, a believer in Jesus Christ, but they don't know anything about spiritual gifts. They don't know anything about it. And yet Paul says, I do not want you to be uninformed. So one day I was looking for a really great gift for my wife. And I looked for, um, for a while. I wanted to make it special. Now, I know that my wife loves ice cream. I mean, who doesn't love ice cream? I have to confess, I, do. I like it too. And so, but I, I, so I wanted to buy her an ice cream maker, but I was like, I'm going to not just get her like an ordinary one, you know, those machines that you crank or turn on, you have to fill them with ice and, and salt. But uh, I didn't want to get her one of those ones that you put in the freezer. They really, they take up a lot of space and stuff. So I actually went all out and I got her like one of those huge compressor ice cream machines that like does all the work for you. It has the paddles and it freezes it and it's, it's awesome. And so I got her this machine. And um, so I was really excited to make a few ice cream recipes. And I made one and it was okay. It wasn't great, but it was all right. You know, I didn't fully understand what I was doing with the machine. And so then I, then I decided, you know what I want to make? Sugar-free ice cream. So I, I got this recipe online and I put the ingredients in the machine and, and all of a sudden the, it starts churning and then it freezes solid and the paddle inside the machine breaks. It's the second time we've ever used this. So the paddle breaks. I'm like, oh my goodness, this is like a $500 machine. I'm like, and so this gift I gave to my wife, it's now broken and I was so frustrated with it, but I didn't think about repairing it. And so for some reason, it ended up back in the box and in our garage, right? And so, of course, time goes by and we realize that, okay, the warranty period is long expired. And so this machine sat in our garage and sat in our, um, actually in our storage area eventually for 10 years. <laughs> I'm not even joking. So 10 years. And then, uh, like, I'm not, so this is, this is a recent thing. So about, about a month ago, I got in my head, you know what, we have an ice cream maker, and, uh, and I said, you know, I remember that we have it. I wonder if I could get a part for that 10 years later. So get online, and so ereplacementsparts.com, and they have it. They have the replacement. It's only $14, by the way. So I get the replacement part, and I bring out this ice cream machine and uh, set it on the counter, and Sarah comes home. She's like, what is that? And I was like, remember, I got you this ice cream machine? She's like, uh, oh yeah, that's right. We've had that. And so I said, well, I've got a part for it. It's on its way. So we get the part. It's like super easy to install. I get up and going in seconds. This time I go to online and I, I do the right thing. I get the recipe that has all the fat and the sugar and everything's really bad for you. And, and so I make ice cream in it and it was amazing. I'm serious. Like it was such good ice cream. And so unfortunately for my health, I've been making ice cream with it. And the point is, is that I had this gift, and it literally was sitting in 
you know, on a shelf somewhere. I didn't even understand what I had. And then once I got it out and I learned how to use it, um, pretty soon I'm, I'm cranking out some really good stuff with this gift, and my wife is appreciating. She's the beneficiary of it. And I have to tell you, if you sign up for my growth group, you too will be a beneficiary <laughs> of this gift. So see, I have a little bit of leverage that other people don't have to promote their group. But um, so... So it reminds me that, you know, the spiritual gifts are something that are, that are similar. Sometimes you have a gift and God has given it to you, but you have it on a shelf and you're not really appreciating and you don't know how to use it. And so t- today I want to maybe make you aware of some gifts that you might have and so that you can get them out from the shelf, that you can get them in use in your life and become a huge blessing, but also a healthy blessing for you, unlike ice cream. So 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4, let's start there. And it says, Paul says, now there are varieties of gifts, many kinds of gifts, but they're the same spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. Some things that we can learn from this is, number one, all, all, all Christians receive the spiritual gifts. They're for us all. And the spiritual gifts are useful to the body of Christ. But I also know this, that all of hell wants you to keep the gift hidden and unused. So, so the enemy of your soul wants your gift to be on the shelf, ignored and, and unused, so that it won't be used for the common good in the church. The enemy doesn't want that. He would rather see the body of Christ struggle under its own power to do things uh, ineffectively. So the spiritual gifts are there for the effect and for the good of the body, but we have to get it off the shelf and begin to use it. Before I go into what the spiritual gifts are and unpack that for you, I wanted to cover kind of five things that they are not, just to clarify, right? So number one, the spiritual gifts are not natural gifts. You saw some natural gifts at work behind me during the worship service here with uh, people playing guitar, piano, uh, the cajon, singing, all of that, the people that are behind here have magnificent natural talents. That is not necessarily the same as a spiritual gift. Maybe you are a dancer. Maybe you're somebody that is an athlete. You have natural talents. Those aren't the same as spiritual gifts. Now, they can, they can complement your natural talents, right? So God might give you a gift that matches and marries with your natural talents that makes you even better at what you naturally do. But it's not the same as our natural talents, number one. Number two, spiritual gifts are not given to just the elite few. God isn't out there going, hey, this is, this is my favorite group of people. This is, uh, I'm, so I'm going to give this to like the really elite Christians, those um, that have gone varsity, that you know, have read a certain book of the Bible. So I'm going to give my gifts to the elite few, the really smart people. You know, as we know, God uses those that are struggling. God uses those that are, the world would say, is lowly or maybe uh, not as effective as others. God would use anyone in the church. Uh, he doesn't, he's not looking to select the elite few. So number one, spiritual gifts are not natural talents. Spiritual gifts are not for the elite few. Number three, spiritual gifts are not signs of spiritual maturity. Having a gift doesn't mean that you are more mature than others. I remember, in fact, when I became a Christian for the first time, I realized that I was so much more encouraging than I had been before. 
I was the kind of person that could, I could see, I could discern in people that there were, that they needed encouragement. And so I would always be able to drop a word of encouragement. And I thought, that's so unlike me. I'm operating now in a spiritual gift that I didn't have. I didn't even know the Bible. I hadn't really learned too much about it. And so I'm very immature in my faith, but I'm operating in the gifts of the Spirit. And I was aware of that later, that, wow, God had given me this really incredible gift of encouragement. So we'll talk about some of the gifts in just a minute. So they're not a sign of spiritual maturity. But number four, spiritual gifts are not the same as the fruits of the Spirit. How many of you guys know what I'm talking about there? So it's Galatians 5.22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. All of those things are the fruits of the Spirit, but they are not the same as the gifts. So the fruits of the Spirit, um, sometimes like a Christian will say, you know, I don't have the gift of love, or I don't have the gift of patience. No, those aren't the gifts. Those are the fruits of the Spirit. So the fruits are something that all believers should manifest. Every one of us should manifest all of those things, right? A a, a Christian who's not growing in peace, who's not growing in faithfulness and love, isn't really bearing fruits in according to the Scriptures. But but a a person that's a Spirit-filled Christian is going to exhibit all of the fruits of the Spirit, but not all of the gifts. The gifts are something that God apportions as He desires, the Bible says. And so uh, certain believers are going to have a gift of teaching and others are not but all should have the fruits of the spirit so finally number five the spiritual gifts are not something to fear this is really important because some of you guys maybe are raised again in a faith background where you know the spiritual gifts and the holy spirit is not something that's taught very often Um, and so you you have this idea that maybe it's odd a little bit creepy maybe and so i want to just dispel that and saying admittedly you know honestly sometimes christians can be a little creepy you know some of, you, some, some of you all are, right? And, um, but, but, but honestly, this is the thing. Just because you see something that's happening in someone's life that, that you don't understand, it doesn't mean, it doesn't make that weird, right? Just track with me for a minute. If you see something operating in someone's life and you don't understand it, it doesn't necessarily make it weird. And so you have to look at what the Bible says. Remember what I talked about last week, is that we draw from the Bible uh, into our lives. So the Bible is the, is the sole rule of faith for us. So if the Bible says something, we try to conform to it. We don't say, like, hey, those spiritual gifts, what Pastor Scott's talking about, like, today, this seems a little, little weird, so I'm going to shut down. I'm not going to listen. I've already predetermined. What you're doing there is kind of eisegesis. It's, it's imposing your view on Scripture, and we want to do the complete opposite. So spiritual gifts are not something to fear. The Bible says, as a reminder, eagerly, remember, eagerly desire, desire the spiritual gifts. It's something that you should want. Let's look at some places in the Bible where gifts are mentioned. There's two lists. We're going to go to the first one. It's in Romans chapter 12, uh, verse 6. Just follow with me. Let's read it. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them if prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, and the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. So there's several uh, gifts that are mentioned. The first one is mentioned is prophecy. That is the ability to speak on behalf of God. Now, I know that this particular gift has, been, uh, has, has come up in my life more than once. 
Uh, I think the most poignant time I've ever experienced it, though, was in a marriage counseling session with somebody early on while we were uh, in another campus, so I'm not worried about that person being here, um, is uh, we were dealing with this marriage couple, and man, it was, it was immediate, like right at the very beginning, just their body language and everything, that there, there were some serious problems, and they weren't admitting to any of it. They weren't really being forthcoming, and all of a sudden, I remember that the Lord just kind of gave me a word to say, and I thought, oh, that doesn't make sense, God. I, rationally, I don't believe, I don't, I don't understand why you're giving this word, but I'm going to say it just in obedience to you, and I, I looked, at the, looked at the man, and I said, you are dealing with a pornography addiction. And I said, and, and, and beyond that, you are being unfaithful to your wife. And as soon as I said that, I thought, oh my goodness, I, that better be real. Because in the, the second that it came out, all of a sudden the tears started coming down this guy's eyes. And he said, how did you know? How did you know? And I said, I, I don't know. I don't know how I knew, but, but the Lord just put that word in me. And it's one of the few times, I'm not saying I operate in that all the time. It's maybe like one or two times beyond that. But it was, it was unquestionably God's God's word, God operating in me in that gift. And, and it began, tears flowed, and God really used that moment to heal. I was able to speak boldly and truthfully into his life and say things I had no knowledge of because of this gift operating in my life, to speak on behalf of God. That's prophecy. There's a, the gift of service, which is um, just as spiritual, by the way, as the gift of prophecy. It absolutely is. The idea of doing something for someone else. Some of you have this gift. You notice a need. You are there. You want to serve. You want to meet it. If you see something that needs to happen in the church, you're offering your time, your abilities, the things that you love to do. You have the gift of service. The idea of doing something for someone else is just a joy to you, especially maybe even if they don't know that, that you, they receive this gift. It's it's, uh, it's a thrill for you just to serve. Even if you don't get recognition, you just feel that, that, that satisfaction of serving. So you're operating in that gift of service. Some of you guys, you have the gift of teaching. And maybe you don't even know it, but if you taught the Bible and if you sat down maybe with a group of uh, 10, 11-year-old kids, you would teach them the Bible and their eyes would light up because you can teach God's word. And you have that gift. Maybe you don't even know it. It's like my ice cream machine. It's been on the shelf. But if you actually tried it, you would realize that it can produce some amazing stuff through that, through that gifting. And so you have the gift of teaching. Um, some of you have the gift of encouragement. Encouragement is exhortation. Somebody that can say, you know, I, I just, I feel like, you know, you, you can do great things. You're capable of something um, marvelous, and you have the gift of encouragement. Um, you know, you need to unleash that in the body of Christ. You need to, un need to unleash your encouragement in the body. Uh, open your mouth and let the words out. Encourage, build up, lift up. I'm doing what I'm doing today here before you because somebody encouraged me throughout the way. Because somebody wouldn't let me give up. Somebody wouldn't let me get down on myself. They were an encouragement to me. They operated in their gifts of encouragement. And because of that, I'm here today uh, an encouraged member of the body of Christ. Now, so you need to unleash that. Maybe you have the gift of generosity and you love to give, whether it's time or money or energy or whatever it is. You see a need. You see somebody with a need. You want to give. You want to, you want to, you want to give above and beyond. You, you love to give. You, you, you feel a great deal of joy in giving. And, and when, when you do give, you know, you're like, hey, don't even worry about it. Don't pay me back. Here's, here's a little extra. You love to give, and you have the gift of generosity. Some of you guys have the gift of leadership, but you don't know it. 
you have uh, a tremendous ability to take on responsibility. And then when you do, people look up to you and they want to know how in the world you're doing it. I know some of you guys are extremely influential. You know, when you do something, people have eyes on you and they're looking at you with the gift of leadership. And maybe you're not using that, but you still have the gift. Maybe it's on the shelf. You're not operating it, but you have the gift of leadership. And um, so this is, this is something that you have to face. Many of you guys have this gift, but you're not using it in the church. You're not benefiting those in the church by your gifts. Um, how many of you guys have heard of acts of mercy? Somebody that just sees a need and uh, wants to show kindness, and it's that kind of person that um, would just pour out their, their heart for you and be there for you. I, I think there's like a fun uh, little analogy that I have that can kind of show you or illustrate uh, you know, maybe your way of knowing what the spiritual gifts are. So uh, I call it the apple pie illustration. So imagine that you're sitting at a table with somebody and they've got this apple pie in front of them, like a plate of it, and then it's kind of teetering on the edge. And, all, and you know what's going to happen because it's wiggly and wobbling, and all of a sudden they're eating their apple pie and it just flops into their lap, right? Okay, so the illustration is this. What you do next in this illustration determines what your gift is. So if you're the kind of person that, as you see this unfolding, you, you say to that person, look, I all, almost told you not to, uh, to do that because I knew it was going to happen. Maybe you have the gift of prophecy, right? <laughs> so if you're the kind of person that's like, let, hey, let me go get you a napkin. Um, I'll clean it up. Then maybe you have the gift of service, Right? Um, how about this? Um, oh, you know, I've researched this. Um, I, I think there's a better way to eat apple pie. You might have the gift of teaching, right? So, you know, this is, you know, balance it out. Uh, uh, or how about this? Watch this. Hey, hey, I'm so sorry this happened to you. Um, and you throw some on yourself. You have, might have the gift of encouragement, right? <laughs> how about this? Oh, take mine. Take my apple pie. In fact, bring apple pies for everyone. Uh, and, and you want any whipped cream with that apple pie? You might have the gift of generosity. Uh, or how about this? Well, you know, we can get this cleaned up uh, so everybody can work together. Uh, just follow my lead. And, uh, you know, we, there's, uh, I have a vision for this situation. If you do that, then you are definitely in, gifted with leadership. And if you're the type of person that you just want to come up and go, oh, my goodness, my heart sinks for you. I'm so sorry. I was hurting for you as that apple pie hit your lap. I'm just devastated. You might have the gift of mercy. It's kind of a silly illustration, but honestly, many of us don't know what our gifts are, and they're going unused. There's another list of gifts that I want to get to, and that's in 1 Corinthians 12, starting in verse 7. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good, for to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. And to another, the inter interpretation of tongues. So in these gifts, they're kind of different, but let me unpack them for you. The first is the gift of wisdom. So have you ever been that person that people will come to you for advice? Hey, uh, tell me what you think about this. Like, you know, I'm going to tell this situation, and they listen to you, and you always have something really wise to say, then you might have the gift of wisdom. I know somebody that, that's like that. Every time I'm around this guy, 
I'm telling you, he is a tweet machine. Everything he says, I just want to write it down. He's brilliant and is always saying wise stuff. And I love being around this guy. So if you're like him, you might have the gift of wisdom. How many of you all... Uh, you just love knowledge. You, you, are, uh, you soak it in, and then when people talk, you just want to add your, add your value to it. And so there's a guy I know, and he's actually in this church, and he's brilliant. He knows so much about various things. Um, he knows how the world works, and I love talking to this guy. He has the gift of knowledge. He just, they've, they've tapped into this different level of knowledge, and it's, and it's a tremendous gift. It builds me up. It makes me want to know more. It makes me want to learn more. So he has the gift of knowledge. How about the gift of faith? This is just the person that can see beyond the ordinary situation. They see beyond the obstacles. They see that the possibilities are what God can do. They have the gift of faith. Some of you guys have faith for healing, and you, you, you love praying for somebody to get well, and you, you believe God. You believe that God is a healer, and you lay hands, and you just love to, to pray for healing. You have the gift of healing. Maybe some of you guys, you, you believe that God can work miracles, and so you pray believing in faith that God can do a miraculous thing in a certain situation, or you have the gift of prophecy. Discernment is one that's really interesting. I think that this one is something that I've also operated in at various times, that I've had the gift of, of discernment. It's, it's, the, um, it's the kind of unexplained thing, like, I know something is wrong here. I, I, I just can't put my finger on it, but something doesn't feel right in this situation. And I've had that happen many, many times. And so that's the gift of discernment. Maybe you have that gift at work in your life. Uh, Speaking in tongues and interpretation of tongues. If you were here last week, we talked about that at great length. And by the way, in case you uh, weren't aware of this, we do have a podcast. If you miss one of our messages, you can go back and listen to them. Just take out your favorite uh, podcast app, and you can look for Canyon Creek Church Palouse, and it will come up, and all of our messages are right there. So if you wanted to listen to like the more in-depth discussion of tongues and interpretations, I'd encourage you to go back and listen to last week's message on that. So Paul continues in verse 11, and he says, all of these gifts that I've just mentioned to you, wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, miracles, prophecy, discernment, tongues, and interpretation, these are all empowered by one in the same spirit. They're not various things at operation. They're one in the same spirit through apportions to each person, each individual, as he wills. And so he alone decides what gifts are at work. And at various times, you will not have these gifts available to you, but then sometimes you will. So I know, again, with prophecy, I don't operate all the time in that gift. It's something that God will just give me when he needs to give it to me, and then, uh, then I won't operate in that for a while. And sometimes, uh, you know, God will give you the gift of generosity, and you'll feel for a season that you need to give and to give and to give, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you are going to be that way all the time. So he apportions to each one individually, as he wills. This is, this is a gift for God to use for his glory as he builds up his church. So how, how do you discover what your gifts are? How do you find out what your gifts are? I'm going to cover uh, just a few things. First of all, study, number one, what the Bible says about gifts. Now, again, this has been a wrecking ball to my soul in a good way. It's torn down some things, but I really believe this, that if you don't intentionally study this, you can get off track Theologically, you can get off track spiritually if you don't study what the Bible has to say about these gifts. I've put up four different chapters in the Bible. 
You have 1 Corinthians 12. We've been talking through that a little bit. That's the last uh, list that I just mentioned. And then you have Romans 12, the first list. Ephesians 4, which is the fivefold ministry gifts. And then 1 Peter 4. And so all of these, by the way, take some notes. Write these down. Take a picture with your phone or something and then go study it. You need to find out what the Bible has to say about the spiritual gifts. Otherwise, you'll begin to misunderstand them. And you'll operate, again, like maybe under, thinking of this, the fruits of the Spirit as the gifts of the Spirit. That's not the same thing. So go to the Bible and begin to read through and understand and unpack what the Bible has to say about those spiritual gifts. That's number one. Number two, ask God to show you what those gifts are. When he starts to do it in your life and give you those gifts, you need to ask, like, hey, what's on the shelf in my life? What do I need to go look for? What is it that I, I could possibly... Um, get out of this? How do you want me to use these gifts? Again, I, I, I didn't even remember that I had an ice cream machine until I remembered that I'd given the gift to my wife and that she had this gift available and I had to go get it and, and unpack it and begin to use it. So number three, examine what you enjoy. God is not going to give you a gift that you do not enjoy, that you do not love. And if you get this gift and you, and, and, and like the gift of teaching, and you get up and when you try to teach, I mean, you're scared, you're sweaty, you know, you just feel like, oh, this is the worst day of my life. That's probably not the gift operating in you. But if you get up to teach and you're surprised by what God is doing in your brain and your life as you're unpacking his word, then maybe he has given you the gift of teaching. And so examine, examine really um, what you enjoy and what you do well and the gifts will align with that. And then finally this, do what the Holy Spirit leads you to do. If you are feeling led by the Spirit of God, you need to respond and say yes. That's the whole idea behind lordship. If God says do it, you say, okay, God, I will. I'll do it. And as he begins to lead you, you will develop a confidence in the gifting as you say yes to Jesus. The more faith that you have in, in saying I acknowledge my gifts, they're operating within me, and God use me in that, that, that he will lead you, and you will develop a ton of confidence in that. So the very first time it might be scary. It's kind of like um, a muscle, right? When I'm sitting in that counseling session I described to you, and God said, you know, tell this man this is what he's doing, everything in my flesh said that's the wrong thing to say. But once I said it, I, I understood that what I was saying was not from me. I really did. I, I fundamentally deep down understand it. Now it clarifies the voice. It really does. So the next time I'm sitting with somebody and God gives me a word to say, I know whether it's myself or I just ate a meal and I'm feeling funny in my stomach or whether it's really the voice of God. So I don't ever speak and you never, ever, ever want to speak on behalf of God when it's not his voice. And so you begin to get confidence as you say yes to your gifting. Um, and it's so important to do that. Imagine if, um, if you gave gifts to your kids. So my parents raised my sister and I, right, when we got a gift that we didn't like. Like, you know, you're a kid, and at Christmas time, you open a gift, and it's like, it's, you know it's clothes, uh, right? And grandma knitted a sweater, and you don't want the sweater, but grandma spent like months on it. My mom would always stop, and she would make us go say thank you to grandma for the gift. Even it's like, oh, I don't really want this sweater. It's ugly, but grandma made it. Thanks, grandma. You know, you give her a big hug and you act excited. You know, at least, you know, you appreciate the gift. Well, so we've, we went to, we celebrated Christmas with some cousins of mine. I didn't know very well. And uh, it was, there were second cousins. We went to their house and, uh, and I was, my eyes were opened at what could happen when gifts were not appreciated. Like, 
these kids had so many gifts and they were ripping them open like in sequence, one after the other, without any thought to like appreciating the gift at all. And they would open them up and in front of their parents go, like, have a fit. This isn't what I wanted. I don't want this stupid thing. And they were literally, like, t- things I would have loved to have had, like, toys and stuff. And they were like, this is stupid. I said, I'm going to, and mom would be like, honey, 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 just have patience. You know, just, it'll be okay. And it was just like, I was frustrated. And we talked about that for years. It's like, they were just ripping stuff open and, and complaining. And mom, at, at a certain point, like, you could literally see her stress level was up to here. At the very end of it, they finally gave this kid what he wanted, and he was overjoyed and excited, and she just broke down in tears just because it had come to that, you know, like, uh, I just am crushed that you don't appreciate anything except for what you wanted out of the situation. So you give good gifts to your children, but then you expect them to appreciate when you give them gifts. You don't think about it. You don't use the gifts in the church sometimes. And you don't appreciate the giver of the gifts. And this is where I wanted to speak to you just kind of honestly in a moment of transparency and say, I, as a pastor, I sometimes have to be open and honest and just say, I don't think I've taught on this very well. But many of you, you have gifts and you have never used them in the church ever. You've never used them. And the church is incomplete without your gift. It's incomplete. God needs you to use your gift for the building up of the church. God has given you these gifts to use them, not to put them on the shelf, not to be an interesting conversation piece, but to activate them and to put them into practice in your life. You need to have the courage to examine the gifts of the Spirit that he has given you and begin to use them for the edification of the body of Christ. Why? Because we need you to do that. It's not because we need you. It's because we need the Holy Spirit at work in you. You know, I mean, how many people, you have the gift of encouragement and you see someone and, and you let the moment go by and you didn't encourage them. Guess what? You, that was a hole of disobedience in your life. And you know what? There's so many times, I got to be honest with you. There have been many times where, I mean, I'm a natural, like, I love theology. And if you come to me with a Bible question, I'll always answer that. I love talking about scripture and theology. But sometimes when it comes to spiritual gifts, I don't even operate in mine in the right way. And I have had to get on my knees and to repent so much this last week of letting moments go by and letting opportunities go by. You know, I mean, even this morning, like I come in and uh, Jeff Breed is talking about his back uh, is hurting him. And I, I, I really felt like maybe I should, I should pray for Jeff. And, and I didn't because I was too busy. And I really feel like I missed an opportunity there to act on a gifting that God has given me to pray in faith for the healing of the sick person that he might be made well. And you know what? Let's, let's, let's recognize it for what it is and become, my prayer is that we become a church that is spiritually sensitive to the God, God's gifting in this church. Some of you are amazing teachers and you've never even thought about using your gift downstairs in the kids' ministry. Some of you guys are amazing encouragers and little kids would look up to you and need you to encourage them in their walk with Jesus and, and you, you don't encourage. Many of you guys, you're generous at heart. You would love to give, give and you, you would feel so blessed to be able to give and sacrifice and, and, and serve and, and you don't operate in that and so there's this whole of disobedience at work in the body of Christ. And so my encouragement is that, you know what? 
I can do better. You can do better. We can do better. This is not, the church is not here for our entertainment. The church is here to be an active representation of Christ on earth. We're Christians. We're little Christs. And so we need to act in obedience to God. It's a hard word, you guys, honestly. It's been a hard word for me. You got to take your gifts off the shelf and begin to appropriately use them in your life. So I have a question for you. Do you have a story in your life of when the Holy Spirit moved in, in, in your life in a powerful way? Do you have a story? Maybe God, you know, in, in a moment you, you, of doubt, he gave you courage and you knew it was him at work. Maybe you have a story like me where God put a word in your heart and you said it to someone, it didn't make sense, and then all of a sudden God used that situation or maybe you stood up and you just were like, I feel like I should teach and you taught something and people were blessed beyond measure. Maybe you were filled with the Spirit and in any way, shape, or form, if you, were that, if you would be interested or willing to share that publicly, then could you do me a favor and on your connection card, could you just write down willing to share? Just something like that. Or Holy Spirit did something in my life. Just let me know. If you're willing to share that publicly, I really feel like as a church we should share our stories more. And so I'd encourage you to do that and just mark it on your connection card or just reach out to me. You don't have to, if you don't feel comfortable doing it on your connection card, reach out to me on social media or, you know, text me or whatever you need to do. But let me know that you're willing to share a story of God moving in your heart or God's Holy Spirit moving in you where you were obedient to him. The reason I say that is because I want to begin to tell these stories more. We need to hear them. We need to be encouraged by them if we're going to operate in them. So I can't just talk about it. We have to experience it. You see, the Christian life is not just about sharing information with each other, but it's about sharing who he is and seeing it at work in our lives. So let me pray for us. And in closing, 1 Peter 4.10 says, As each has received a gift, use it. Use it to serve one another. Let me read that again. As each has received a gift, Use it to serve one another. Heavenly Father, I pray you would help us, God, not to insult you by hiding our gifts, but not by, or not by recognizing the good gifts that you have given us. Reveal to us that you have given gifts, and I pray, God, that we would have the courage to use them in the church and in the world, Father, that you would transform Canyon Creek Church by the power of your Holy Spirit, from being a church where some of us are active and then others are inactive in the body because we are holding on to our spiritual gifts and we are hiding them. God, may it not be so. May we operate as we should, boldly according to your Spirit. In your name, Jesus. Amen.